0: Like Saddam Hussein used to be in Iraq where people were, they were tortured and and tormented in really wicked, evil ways. But we're talking about the pursuit of power being a desire to possess the ability to control one's circumstances and environment. Would you like to have that kind of power? How many of you know that we, a lot of times, let our circumstances control us? Would you agree? do you want to do that i don't think any of us want to do that but we do allow that to happen in our lives and it is basically because we have not stepped up to sonship we've not stepped up to the authority authority that god has given us and we are not walking in it every one of us because i guarantee you every single one of us are moved by our circumstances So that means we all have maturing to do. We all have growing up to do. There is not one person in here that doesn't have growing up process here to do because we have not arrived. Jesus is the only one that has arrived. Is that right? We talked about dominion. Dominion is sovereign or supreme authority. That is what God has given us on the earth. Are we walking in that? Are we walking in sovereign and supreme authority here on the earth? Dominion is the power of governing. Are we governing every area of our lives? So, this is a good message, right? Are we ruling and reigning Is the kingdom being revealed in our lives every day? Are we prevailing in every situation, every circumstance? If you can say no to, to any of these, then I know that we're on the right track. God created us to rule, not to be ruled. But we are being ruled because we are allowing it. We were created for dominion. Everyone say, I was created for dominion. dominion. Say it like you mean it. I was created for dominion. I have a dominion mandate on my life. Say, I have a dominion mandate on my life. Do you believe that? Okay. All right. We were created to rule, reign, and subdue the earth. That's what we were created to do. Why does it seem like all of creation rules over us? This was like the main thing a couple of weeks ago, but we're just going to touch it. Why is it that there are plants that rule people's lives? What's made from those plants rules people's lives, Whether they're smoking it or whatever. Whether drugs have been created from it. Tobacco leaves. When you can't say no to something, it has you. That's one simple little test. If you can't lay it down, it controls you. Whether it's something made from grape juice or grains that you're drinking. If you can't lay it down. It has you. And you, you don't have dominion over it. And God created us to have dominion. Over all the earth. The fish of the sea. The birds of the air. The livestock. Every creature. Every plant. Everything that God made. We're not to rule over each other in this dominating way. We're to rule over the earth and have dominion. And so we have to look at it and say, what has me? What has you? That you can't lay down. Because that is what's going to hinder you from taking dominion Ruling, reigning, and subduing the earth. And so it has to go. You have to take your place, your rightful place, as a son of God. And say, no longer is God's creation going to rule me, but I'm going to rule it. Amen? What about ruling over our passions and desires? Are we ruling that? That's another evaluation you have to do in your life. We talked about lust, pornography, sexual relationships outside of marriage, homosexuality, abortion. Is the body, body of Christ ruling over their emotions? Anger, rage, selfishness. Hatred, jealousy, strife, bitterness, unforgiveness, cheating, lying, stealing, gossiping, backbiting, slandering one another, pride, and filthy language coming out of believers' mouths. See, none of this should be. We should be continually getting this out of our lives. As sons of God, God is requiring us to transform our lives. He's requiring something of us. It's always been that way. God says, I'll do this if you do this. There's always the ifs and the buts. It's up to us. We wonder why there's not total transformation in our lives or in our community or in our own families. When we personally do not have dominion in our personal walk. And so there can be no corporate dominion taking place, right? So we have to look at us. You have to look in the mirror and say, what do I have to change? See, I think the enemy distracts us very easily at looking at everything else and everybody else. Well, they're doing this and they're doing that and they're not doing this and they're not doing that. And God's saying... You're pointing, but you got three fingers pointing back at you when you're pointing at everyone else. Just like the scripture says that um, don't worry about the speck in your brother's eye when you got a plank in your own. Right? So God is trying to say, look, we got to look inward, we got to look at us and see. What needs to go in our lives? Because the the God wants to do something mighty and something awesome in the body of Christ. He wants us to rule and reign just like that was his original plan. His original purpose was to have his invisible kingdom be revealed in a visible world. That's his plan from the very beginning. So only you can examine yourself and see... Why isn't the fruit of the spirit being revealed in your life every day? This is this is for all of us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Remember that? That is what we are to show forth every day of our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That is the fruit of the Spirit of God. See, sometimes we make everything so complex and so difficult when we don't even have Ephesians 4.29 down that says, Let no unwholesome words come out of your mouth, but that which is edifying and uplifting to the hearer. See, there are some really basic scriptures that if we would just live those out we could all have a lot more joy and a lot more love and a lot more peace and a lot more patience so it all comes back down to crucifying our flesh just like the song was lead me to the cross we got to do something at the cross and we got to crucify our flesh and we have to die daily so don't don't just sing the song lead me to the cross without being willing to do something at the cross. The song sounds nice to lead me to the cross, but I'm telling you, it is a personal war that takes place, isn't it? Between good and evil. In Genesis 3, the goal of the attack that Satan had was to break relationship with God and man. Do you see Satan trying to break relationship in people's lives all the time? If you see a relationship that's trying to be broken, you better know that Satan is at work and you better start warring. Adam committed treason in the garden you say treason that's kind of that's kind of harsh treason is a betrayal of trust and confidence now do you think that that happened with adam it's a breach of faith in genesis 3 5 and 6 it says when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from the fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her. Adam was right there. It wasn't like Eve was all over here by herself. It says he was with her. He was with her. I don't. I don't know how long Adam walked with God before he said, "Here's a helpmate." I don't know how. I don't know if it was weeks months years I don't know what that time frame was but he walked with God and she had walked with God and they were still tempted by this serpent who must not be on his belly yet because that was part of the curse so the must have still been upright because that was part of that curse that he got was the serpent would be on, crawl on the on its belly So Adam betrayed what God had told him to do. Disloyalty by being in opposition to a government. That's what treason is. Adam was in opposition to God's kingdom government. There's no question that treason gets the death penalty. Is that what happened? Did we get the death penalty through that? When a government confers on any citizen the authority and right to represent its interest, it has given the greatest form of trust possible and should be esteemed and held at the highest of honors. That's what God gave us in the garden. That Adam lost. Adam declared independence from his kingdom government, the kingdom of heaven. And when he did, he severed his relationship with the king of heaven. He abandoned his position as ambassador, as God's representative, and he lost mankind's dominion in the earth. So we had that in Genesis, it says that God gave us a dominion over the earth. We're to rule, to reign, which is to subdue the earth, Right. And then they ate from the tree, and dominion was lost. So we had it, then he lost it. Through releasing, Adam did this, through releasing his responsibility as ruler over the earth, Adam lost the most important relationship of all, and that's the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Through violation of God's word, Mankind was rendered a disqualified representative in the earth. When Adam fell through this act of treason, he did not only lose his relationship with the heavenly father, but he lost a kingdom. Say, he lost a kingdom. Adam became a citizen without a country, a king without a kingdom, a ruler without a domain. You can't rule if you don't have a domain to rule, can you? The loss of the kingdom of heaven was considered rebellion against the eternal imperial kingdom of God. And then the territory of earth was taken over by an illegal government, which was Satan's kingdom. When Adam committed treason, the devil had he, he created this earthly takeover, this coup. And he took over and he became the God of this world. When Adam fell, he didn't lose heaven. God created us for the earth. He created Adam to live forever that's what the original plan was to live forever so heaven was never our goal heaven was never our purpose in our plan the earth has always been mankind's purpose because his original intent was for mankind to live forever on the earth so now heaven became becomes a holding place until we become the sons of God as the earth is groaning for us to become the sons of God so we can come into the dominionship that we were created to do to rule and reign in this earth. Adam lived 930 years. Do you think it was all about a physical death whenever he got the death penalty? That's almost a thousand years. That is a really long time. I'm almost a thousand years old. Can you imagine, Grandma? Can you imagine living to be almost a thousand years old? So it was a spiritual death that immediately took place, wasn't it? That is what sin does. An immediate spiritual death takes place with sin. It creates separation. This is, this is some of the things that Adam lost through the rebellion. Loss of position. A transfer of responsibility. What happened in the garden? What did Adam say? It's the woman you gave me. And Eve said, it's the serpent's fault. So the blame game started a long time ago, didn't it? And you know what? It hasn't stopped. It is still going on today. Like I said, the enemy doesn't have to think of too much more creative things because we keep falling for the same things. Year after year after year after over 4,000 years later, we're still falling for the same stuff. Self-consciousness and shame. What happened? They knew they were naked then, right? Fear and intimidation of authority. They were trying to hide from God. Wasn't going to happen, was it? The loss of dominion over nature. Frustration, toil, hatred of labor, pain and discomfort, and the need for human accountability. Oh, there's where that one comes in. God's most significant response to Adam's defection was to the promise that he made to the devil in Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity... Hatred between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head. Who is he? Who is he? Jesus. Jesus. And you will strike his heel. The heart of this problem, pro- the heart of this promise is the coming of an offspring through a woman who would break the power of the devil over mankind. And regain the authority and the dominion and the kingdom that Adam lost. That's why Jesus was sent into the earth. This was the first promise of the Messiah in Genesis. Man didn't lose a religion. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Religion is man's it's man's effort to try to find God. But only a personal relationship will fill the void and the emptiness inside. Not religion with all of its form and traditions, but coming together where, where we sharpen each other. Where we forsake not this assembling together so we can hold each other accountable. So that we can love each other. So that we can lift up each other. Not just to come for religion. Amen? But to come to be there as a body of Christ. A body. If a body is fit together, aren't you supposed to be together? How can you be a body if you're off over here by yourself? You're not a body. You're just a part somewhere, all isolated. Man didn't lose a religion. He lost a kingdom. In God's restoration and redemptive program, heaven would not be God's focus, but rather redemption, restoration, and reestablishment of his kingdom on the earth. You know, sometimes we get this little limited mind that Jesus came just to save me. Saving that which was lost is more than saving us. It's bigger than just providing salvation for us. That which was lost was the kingdom. The kingdom what is what was lost. And out of restoring the kingdom comes our salvation it's a fruit of that it's just a natural process that's going to take place through the kingdom being regained and the dominion being restored back in the earth so saving that which was lost it doesn't say saving those that were lost does it it says saving that which was lost God's original intent was to connect man back to his dominion mandate. To be the ruling reigning sons of God that he wanted for us. Ever since man's rebellion against God's heavenly kingdom. We've got so many different religions that are trying to fill that void whether it's Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism or Baha'i faith. I mean, just so, so many things over in the other countries that we don't even have any idea about. All these different philosophies, all these different religions. Because there is this void, there is this emptiness that only can be filled by that relationship. And when we come into that intimate relationship then the kingdom can advance. See, it's, it's out of the personal intimate relationship that all this stuff falls off of us and we, we become the sons of God. We get all the, all the fleshly things out of our lives. We're not ruled by plants and grains and, and things like that, but we rule over it. Then we can advance the kingdom. See, all that hinders us from a, we want to, we want to advance, we're going to advance the kingdom, yes, but there is personal transformation that has to take place. We are not supposed to get saved and sit back and never change. And too many believers are getting saved and they don't want to obey the word. The Bible says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Where is the love of God then? If we're just picking and choosing what we want to obey, then where is the love of God in our hearts? It's not just about saying, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There is more to it than that. That is the step. But then we have to choose to change. How can we say that we're a believer and we don't want to obey his word? I don't get it. There is so much selfishness in the body of Christ of I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. There is so much pleasure seeking people in the body of Christ that if it feels good, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to tell myself no. No. It ought not be. You know, it's no, world, it's no wonder the world doesn't want what we have. Because we're just like them. We think we're different. We come here on Sundays and Wednesdays and I go to church. But there is all this junk in our lives still. And so we can't become the sons of God that the earth is groaning for us to be until we die to our flesh. Everybody okay? There is nothing that will satisfy the void in our lives. There's no drug, there's no alcohol, there is no relationship. There's nothing will fill it except laying down our life for the kingdom of God. And having a personal relationship. You will search all the days of your life if all those things control you. God existed before all things. Do you believe that? God just was. Can't explain it. Don't understand it. He just was. Always has been. Always will. God is. God created. His invisible world. When he created his angels and all the beings that he's created in that invisible world, he became the ruler of that kingdom. When he was just by himself, he wasn't ruler because he didn't have anything to rule over. Right. So that invisible world was the first kingdom. And God. Said, I want a kingdom that's visible. So he created the earth. And he says, I want a I want what's here in my invisible to be here in my visible. Make sense? Let's talk about kingdom. What is kingdom? Kingdom is. The spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ. It's the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ extends, whether in heaven or on earth. It's the king's domain. We talked about you can't have a domain. You can't can't be a king over nothing. You have to have a domain to be king over, right? So he's got the invisible domain and he's got the visible domain that God is king over. It's his jurisdiction, the realm over which the king rules with complete sovereignty. Kingdom is God's kingdom. it includes both seen and unseen. The Bible says in in John one verses one through five, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things came into being through him who is him. This is Jesus. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Because the word, who's the word? Jesus. That's why this is Jesus here. In the beginning was the word. So Jesus was in the beginning. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Nothing has come into being that has come into being without him. In him was life, and life was the light of men. Whatever God created is his property, and that's his right of creation. So, his domain, God's domain, extends infinitely in every direction. Every, as far as you can go into the atmosphere, in every direction, all around us, that's God's domain. Everything. What does it say? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But also, I think in Psalms 115, I'm not for sure about that, but it talks about the heavens being God's, but the earth's being man's. So the concept of kingdom is critical for us to understand, for us to move forward on this teaching on kingdom. We have to see what kingdom is before we can advance it. And we have to see what we have to go through personally before we can advance. We've got the goal to advance, but it does require a lot from us. But it also gives us so much more than it requires. That's the awesome thing. You can't focus on everything you have to do without knowing that the blessings are going to overtake you as you come into kingship and as you, as you transform your life and as you get this stuff out of your life. See, God isn't trying to be this mean God to say, get this out, get this out, don't do this, don't do that. He's doing it to shield us, to protect us, to get his blessings to you. See, it's not this dictating, controlling God saying that, that here's all the do's and don'ts. But it's his way of getting his blessings to you. What was God's divine motivation for creation? Why would God want to create suns in his image? And why would he want to create a visible universe? A visible earth, I should say. But we can see into the universe, can't we, with the stars? Was God not satisfied with an invisible realm of angels and powers to rule? What's the nature of God? God is love. It's not he has love. He is love. And out of that love, he created all of us little spirit beings because a creator has to create that's that's by nature he's creator he is the creator so he has to create so out of the of the love of of who god is that god is love came forth all of our spirit beings from the light of him and so we were created there to rule here. So our spirits I've heard Jesse Duplantis talk about all these spirits around the throne room just waiting to be sent to the earth. To be put in a flesh fil- to have take on the body of mankind because this earth suit is the only reason you're here this earth suit is the only legal right you have to be in the earth if you don't have an earth suit you don't get to be here right so one characteristics of love is that love shares itself and God shared himself. And he created in his own image. And we took on his nature and his characteristics. Let's look at another concept called colonization. Everyone say colonization. Colonization is the spreading of a species in a new habitat. How do you like that? Is that what happened? The spreading of a new species, uh, of a species in a new habitat. God created the earth. Then he says, I'm going to put my kids there, and they're going to rule. It's a process where a government or ruler determines to extend his kingdom, his rulership and influence to an additional territory, with the purpose of impacting the territory with his will and his desires. Now, is that what has taken place? God says, I have my invisible world. Now I'm going to create my visible, and I'm extending my kingdom. I'm extending my invisible to my visible. And he wants it to have his will and his desires to be done in, in this new territory that he's created. The principle of colonization is to understand in the, in the process of transforming an extended territory to be just like the center of the government from which it was extended. So that's why it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not, not vice versa, Right? So it's to manifest the nature and will of the ruler in the lifestyle, in the actions, in the activities, and the culture of the new territory with that of the original territory. Does that make sense? So God's creative motivation was to share his governing authority with his spirit children. We are his spirit children. Do we have a spirit? Do we live in a body? And we have a soul, right? We are a three-part being. So he's given us, his spirit children, the governing authority by extending his invisible heavenly kingdom to the, invis- to the visible earthly realm for the purpose of colonizing the earth, which is going to be revealing heaven on earth. God's simple strategy, listen to this, was to rule the scene from the unseen through the unseen, living in the scene on the scene. Write that down. God's simple strategy was to rule the scene from the unseen through the unseen Living in the scene, on the scene. So, he's going to rule the scene realm, this visible world, the earth, from the unseen realm, from his realm, right? Through the unseen man, our spirit. So, he's, see, he's got something here to tap into, from spirit to spirit, even in the earth realm, in our physical bodies, so, in our, the second one is in the scene, which is our physical body. In this earth suit on the scene, which is the earth. Did you get it? So, God's plan would be carried out by creating from his own spirit being a family of offspring who would be just like him, created in his image and his likeness. We're his representatives to release, to establish, to execute, to implement his invisible kingdom in this natural world here. That's what you're called to do. Do you see that? God's plan for mankind centered in the fact that God desired to have a personal relationship. See, we ke- it keeps coming back to that. The personal relationship. He walked with Adam in the garden. That's what God wants for us. In Genesis 1, 26 and 28, it, it tells us again to subdue the earth. Subdue means to overpower by superior force. Would you say God has superior force? Is he flowing through you? Is he supposed to flow through you? Subdue is to conquer by force and bring into permanent subjection. I like that. Permanent subjection. To conquer by force and bring into permanent subjection. To overpower so as to disable from further resistance. Woohoo! We're to overpower so as to disable. Who are we disabling? Satan's kingdom, right? We're to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, of the livestock, over every living creature that moves on the ground. Rule is government. Rule is to sway. Rule is empire, to exercise supreme command or authority, to govern the movements of things. To govern the movement of things. To manage and to control. By God's design and intention, we have been created to take dominion. That's why believers, if we would become the sons of God, we would be controlling everything that happens in the earth. There wouldn't be anything allowed that we didn't allow. This is very powerful to see what God has planned for us to do that we're not doing. The schools would be what we want it to be. The government would be what we want it to be. The businesses and industries would be what we want it to be. And instead, they're doing what they want to do. Do you see why the shift has to take place? God's created so much more for us. There is so much that we don't have that that is what we're working towards. And that is what advancing the kingdom is all about, that we want to, to make the rules. We want to be the governing authority. And what we say goes, Amen. God holds us accountable for our stewardship of this earth. You are accountable for this earth. Everyone say, I'm accountable for what happens in the earth. Our authority in this realm is so absolutely complete. And God will not violate it. God is a God of his word. He's a God of covenant. Mankind was commissioned to rule over th- this planet Earth. God and his sovereignty decided to delegate his authority and dominion to mankind. You know, without our bodies, we can't be here. And that's the way God created it. And he said, I give you authority. And so... God limited himself. And you say, well, God's sovereign. He can do anything he wants to do. But see, in his genius self, he limited himself. He chose to limit himself in the earth. Not because he's limited, but because he chose to limit himself. See, there is a difference. And that's part of his sovereignty. He has the right to choose to limit himself. So he limited himself when he said, I give you authority in the earth to rule, to reign, to take dominion. So when you hear people say, well, God's a sovereign God and he can do whatever he wants to do. He can, but he won't. Because he won't violate his word. He will not violate who he is. And the way he created it is for us to do his will and purposes in the earth. And when we don't, he is limited. Because he designed it where he had to work through human beings in the earth. In heaven... He's got total sovereign authority over the angels, over everything that happens there. It is. That's his. But he gave this to us. And so he is limited by how much we are serving God, how much we are surrendered to him, how much we allow God into our lives. He is limited by us. So if we are not walking in the authority that God has given us, God cannot move. He can't he can't work in the earth without you and me. Daniel, in Daniel chapter six, it talks about King Darius. This is this is talking about a king's decree and talking about how important it is that god will not violate his word and he designed kings with the authority that they can't violate their word once a king established something that's it he cannot and will not go against what he decreed are we kings in the earth how many times do we change our decrees So with King Darius, with Daniel, um, the Medes and Persians, these, th- there was like a, um, 120 satraps, I think, and, and three of those were the commissioners over them, and Daniel was one of those three. I mean, God had promoted him. God, Daniel had favor. And jealousy started up there, and they didn't like how much favor that Daniel had. And so they worked behind the scenes to try to get some decree made that King Darius would sign that said, hey, hey, King Darius, you know, really no one should worship any other God, and no one should, they just need to bow to you. For 30 days, no one can do this, and we want you to sign this decree. Well, King Darius, he just didn't think this through. And he signed the decree. And what was Daniel doing but praying to Jehovah God? Three times a day, he was on his knees right in front of his window. Well, he didn't stop. And they came to King Darius. Remember that decree you signed? You signed that document. It's legal. It's binding. And this is what Daniel's doing. So you have to throw him in the lion's den. And King Darius was grieved. He was distressed. He, he, he loved Daniel. He knew he was a good man. But he was bound to his decree. God is bound to his word. He had to throw Daniel in the lion's den. But you know what? Even though King Darius wasn't, he, he wasn't like believing in God, he knew the power of Daniel's God. And he said, Daniel... I'm gonna put you in here, but I know your God's gonna save you. And he went home. It wasn't about entertainment for him. He fasted. King Darius fasted for Daniel. He didn't sleep, it said. And when he went back in the morning, he he hollers out for Daniel. And Daniel says, God sent angels to close the mouth of the lions. And he brought him out. And he established him. And you know the guys that made him sign the decree? He took them, their families, their wives, and their children and threw them in the lion's den. And before they could even hit the ground, they were crushed by the lions. Now. That's powerful. But in in a good way that Daniel was saved, John the Baptist was beheaded because of decree. John the Baptist had been arrested. And King Herod, Herodias had been exposed. And she was mad. She hated John the Baptist. And she wanted him dead. And so King Herod has this big party for his commanders, for his leaders, for his um, chiefs of staff, and and they're partying and doing things that aren't good, and Herodias' beautiful young daughter comes in to dance very seductively. I don't know if she had clothes on or not, I've heard I've heard possibly that she didn't and she danced before the king and this wasn't really appropriate for who she was to do this kind of thing in front of a king. And the king was moved and he said, whatever you want, baby. Up to half of my kingdom, you can have whatever you want. So she went back to her mother and she says, mom. What do I want? And she says. The head of John the Baptist. On a platter. And that's what King Herod had to do. He didn't want to do it. He he didn't. He was. He listened to John the Baptist. Even though he wasn't. Obeying what he was saying. But he. There was a seed being sown. In King Herod. That he, he honored. King, uh, John the Baptist. And he was enough afraid of what. What the power was operating through John the Baptist, but because of his decree, he had to have him killed. So, what more power are God's decrees that this is the way he's established it? He put our spirit in an earth suit here, and he says, You have authority. You have my authority in the earth, and I can't do anything in the earth but through you. If you limit me, you stop my kingdom from advancing. If you open up to me, then I can advance through you. So who does the responsibility fall on? See, sometimes, isn't it amazing how many times believers blame God? I can see why. The enemy attacks us in our bodies. You know, this has given me such a new revelation of why the attack comes so great on our bodies. Because it's the legal access for being here. If he can distract us, if he can take us down through our bodies. Whether it's physical ailment or whether it's mental, whether it's through... um, A sickness or disease, or whether it's through depression or rage and anger and all the emotions that try to take over and rule. I have a new revelation of seeing why the attack is so great on our physical bodies, spirit, soul, and body realm, all three realms. Because it's the only reason why we get to be here. So it makes sense to see why. The enemy attacks us so great because it's our legal access for being here. God was bound by his own law, but he already had a plan worked out. Amen? He would introduce his son into the human equation. And by the power of incarnation, which incarnation is the act of clothing with flesh. That's what happened to Jesus, isn't it? The act of taking on flesh. God came to the earth, put on flesh. God would circumvent his own law. He wouldn't violate it. But he would legally do it through Jesus to get his will accomplished. God needs a body to work through in the earth. And one of those keys to the kingdom that God gave us is through prayer. The power of prayer we can arrange to get God's power in the earthly realm. Why do you think our time is so fought for? If prayer is one of the keys there that opens up the door to, the ac- to access, that God's able to connect with your spirit and get his will done in the earth. It is what gives God the right to intervene on your behalf. Without it, He's just like having his hands tied because the angels can't go to work. He can't, he can't move if we're not giving him anything to work with. God can do anything, but he's given us the authority in the earth, and he is bound to work through us, and he can only release on the earth what we allow. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. Without God's power and spirit, we have no chance of affecting the earth for the kingdom of God. So prayer is our personal relationship. See, it comes back down to that personal relationship. It's the access point which God's government gains access through. God can intervene, and we can see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. I want to give you ten, ten principles here. So, If you've got paper, write these down. God's original plan in creation was to extend his heavenly kingdom on earth. God's purpose was to establish a family of sons. Not servants. Remember the the message that that Apostle Eric preached on sons. It's powerful. We are sons who serve, but we're not servants any longer. God's purpose was to establish a kingdom of sons, not subjects. And subjects are one who's under another's rule. like happens a lot in other countries, like is happening right now in Cuba with Fidel Castro. They're just subjects, you know. They're, they're just being ruled over by the government. God's purpose was to establish relationships with his children, his sons. Not a religion. It is not about religion. It's about your relationship with God. We come together, not as religion. We come together to be there for one another, to be the body of Christ, right? God's original purpose and intent was to rule the seen from the unseen, through the unseen, living in the seen, on the seen. Human beings were created to have dominion over the earth and all its plants, creatures, and resources. You know, when people from China and India, when they come to our country, do they just go get a job? They may get a job for a short time. But they want a business. Is that right, Augustine? They come to take over. (laughs) They want to gain ground. They want, see, it's, this is across the board, no matter where you live, is to take dominion. But in the United States, so many have just said, I'll go work. I'll just go work, which is great. But be working while you're thinking about taking dominion and how you're going to take dominion and take ownership. These oil companies are taking dominion over the resources of the land. That is why they're prospering. See, it is God's principle, whether you're a believer or not. His laws and his principles work for both. Just like it says what is it rains on the just and the unjust. So, they they are taking dominion over the earth's resources. So, you better be open to what God's giving you on those ideas to take dominion. Because they that's what this one guy from China was telling Miles Monroe. He said, "You know, we see the difference. When we come And we go into the United States of America, we're looking for a business. But you are just looking for a job. Does that make any sense? They're coming to take ownership of land and property and business, to rule, to reign. And so we have too much of a compromising life. It's just so easy here. But they want better. They want more. They've been in poverty. They want out. Even our poverty here is wealth compared to there. Let's see, what number are we on? Seven. God gave us rulership of the earth, not ownership. We are to be his representatives. We're his ambassadors in the visible earth realm. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Exactly what he's doing, isn't it? Number eight, God will not do anything on earth without permission or access from those on earth to whom he gave dominion. God will not do anything on earth without permission or access from those on earth to whom he gave dominion. And number nine, God can do anything, but because he's given us authority, he can release on the earth only what we allow. See, this, this gives you a key to people. When they come up to you and they say, how can God let all these babies be aborted or how can God let all this famine take place in other countries and how can God if God is so loving and God is this and God is that this is your answer because God in his sovereignty has chosen to limit himself through the authority that he gave us in the earth that only what is happening through us can stop All that's taking place. So we haven't taken our rightful place as sons of God. And we've limited God in the earth. See, it's not God. It's the body of Christ. Does that help some of you? Because I know, I know, I know I've heard that that a lot across the deal. And it's usually this this arrow that the unbeliever tries to shoot at you, to try to bring you down, right? To say, "Well, if your God's so good and you're, then why would He allow all this stuff?" Number ten: The gospel of the kingdom is good news. Amen. It's good news. This is a message sent from Father God to all his children, telling them that they can come into the kingdom and they can take their rightful place as sons of God. That's what God wants for us, to take our rightful place as sons of God. See, it's not about being a Christian. I think Christian is only in the Bible twice. Maybe I'd have to do a word search. And I'm finding out that the word Christian was given, the pagans released that name. The pagans are who named the Christians Christians. Did you know that? We are sons of God. It's, it, the Bible says that we're citizens, we're heirs of the kingdom. But a Christian what happens is you say you're a Christian and there's a lot with that isn't there So even if you say you're a believer don't you hate it whenever someone says they're a believer and they're acting like a heathen and you think oh god that that doesn't look good on the body of Christ when when we when we have pastors falling and we have Um, things happening and you think, how is that representing the kingdom of God in the earth? How is that representing God's kingdom in a way that people want to come into the kingdom? There's great responsibility on us. And the only way you can change and transform and and get all this carnality out of you is to spend more time with God to drop on your face before him and continually ask for his help in your life to clean your act up because there's too much going on in the body that needs to stop we're to love one another the love of God should be radiating from us every day all day and we're all challenged in different areas whether it's in your family or outside your family whether it's with business see only the people closest to you can hurt you because you have relationship with them so if someone you don't know says something you you, you don't take offense because they don't mean anything to you So the enemy only uses those that are close to you to try to divide, try to bring strife. And the Bible says where there is strife, there is every evil work. Something that that Dr. King said one day when we were at the house and we were talking, and he said, when you lose your peace, you lose your holiness. And it is a doorway for the enemy. In your life to have legal access. And I was like. Woo. If that doesn't bring the scripture that says. Pursue peace. Into a new meaning. And a new value in your life. To see why we should pursue peace. In all of our relationships. In our life. Because we all want the doors closed. Don't we? But we don't always want to do what it takes. To close them. So let's become the sons of God. Let's journey through this together. Because there'll be days when you're not doing so well. I've had a few of those days lately. i just feeling like you're in a major battle. That's why we're to be there for one another. Just like Tatum was saying last Sunday. That's what we are as the body of Christ. And we can't become the sons of God without each other. This is a group effort across the world. This is not just Woodward, Oklahoma, Living Word Fellowship. This is across the world. Why are they seeing so much in the other countries? Because they have so sold out faith. They've had so little. They've they've been through so much. That they're so willing to surrender all, so willing to surrender all and sacrifice their lives for God. Are you ready to really die to your flesh to become the sons of God? So that you can move from one level to the other, the other from nepios to paedion to tecton to weos, and become we, the weos. The weos is the sons of God. Being that son, that mature son of God, and stepping in to being heirs of the kingdom. Because God's trying to get so much to us. So much. He wants to bless us with so much more. And He wants us to take over the earth in every realm. Every realm. And so it's, it's about coming in here and getting stronger so you can go out there and rule and reign and take dominion in every sphere of influence that God has given you. Because you guys in the workplace have such a great opportunity to be the sons of God, touching people's lives, seeing so many more people, those involved in government, those in the schools, those in businesses. That is your awesome place that God says, be the sons of God. Don't just come in here and be holy. Don't come in here and and get your act together and clean up your mouth and, and do everything right. Do it there and here. Do it everywhere. Take on a new attitude about the kingdom of God advancing in the earth. Go ahead and stand up.